2: Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs.
1: He's
0: Alex Frario. I'm Brandon Kiley. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Excited to be joined by Zach Mysel, Indian's beat writer, for the athletic Cleveland. I think we've got a couple of questions that we could probably ask him. There might be a player or two that are of interest to Cardinals fans. Zach's always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, fellas. How are you uh, doing? All
0: right. So I think there's a player of note from Cleveland uh, that may or may not be available on the trade market right now. What can you tell us in terms of where the Indians are right now with their trade conversations for Francisco Lindor?
1: Oh, I I thought you guys wanted Oscar Mercado back. No,
0: we're good on that one. That was one of the good decisions the Cardinals made in the outfield in recent years. Uh, um,
1: Yeah, so it's weird because the Indians have this franchise player who, even though he didn't have a great 2020, he checks every box, right? I mean, he's got just the the charisma of of a guy you want to put on banners and posters and on your scoreboard. He's got gold glove defense at shortstop, he can hit home runs, he can hit for average, he can steal some bases, he doesn't strike out much, he's hit lead-up, he's hit cleanup. up um, he's everything you'd want if you're a general manager, if you're the director of your marketing department, if you're an owner, if you're a, a paying customer, and yet the Indians are kind of desperate to unload him, and they don't have a ton of leverage here, so there's a few reasons for that. Number one is he only has one year remaining on his his contract. He's going to make somewhere in the vicinity of $20 million next season. And nobody knows if he'll sign long-term. He had some talks with the Indians in the spring. It never reached a point where I think either side thought something was actually going to happen. He said the Indians never reached the $300 million mark. I don't know if that's the magic number for him or what, but because of that, if you're a team looking to acquire him, you don't know if you're gonna get him for one year or if you have a chance at getting him for eight, nine, ten years. So there's obviously a big difference in what you would give up to acquire a player of that caliber for those different lengths of time. And I think because of all those reasons and because this is a weird off season where teams are kinda just dipping their toes in the water, a little hesitant, not sure what twenty twenty one will look like from a fans in the stands standpoint, from a is there going to be 162 game schedule standpoint? Can we spend some money standpoint? All of those factors make the Indians the team that's acting out of desperation, which usually isn't the case when you're the team holding on to the star player. So I think the first question
2: that a lot of teams ask and a lot of fans ask, Zach, is what's the uh, what's the return going to have to be for a team that's trying to to acquire Francisco Lindor and. Uh, right now, you know, you talked about the contract kind of situation of it's the one year or is it going he sign the extension. But what do you think Cleveland is looking for? Are they looking for a King's ransom or are they just looking to get rid of this money?
1: No, I mean, they, they want talent in return. This won't be a salary dump, um, but it's not going to be, you know, I feel like 10, 15 years ago, you could trade a star player like this, even with one year left on his deal and, and get a team's top three prospects back. That's not going to happen here. They would love to get maybe one young pre-arbitration position player, and then a decent prospect or two. I think the thing that's going to make this difficult is, like, the Indians, what's crazy is they still think they can contend, even after making this trade. I mean, they develop pitching like none other, so they, they think that'll help their case. They've still got Jose Ramirez. They definitely have some holes to fill offensively, but they would like to address some of that, in this trade. So they're looking for youth more than anything. Um, And if they can get one major leaguer and and maybe a minor leaguer or two, I think that would be ideal. The other thing that they'll probably try to convince teams uh, to do is if they can attach a starting pitcher to Francisco Lindor, maybe that smooths things over. It eases the burden of just the risk a team would take on, not knowing if they'll have Lindor beyond 2021.
2: Okay, so I'm curious, and just to follow up with this one, Zach, because if Cleveland's moving on from Francisco Lindor, and you just mentioned possibly adding a a pitcher to that as well, what's the future look like for Jose Ramirez? Because Cleveland is a team that looks like they're ready to just kind of start from the bottom and work their way up again. And Ramirez, of course, very cost-controlled right now, but he's going to cost just the same amount of money in a couple of years as Lindor is.
1: So I know a lot of people – think this is signaling a rebuild really they've already been doing that i mean they traded trevor bauer they traded Corey kluber they traded mike clevenger what is to their credit they haven't really i mean they're right i know it was a 60 game season they still won 35 games they had a a good enough winning percentage to to get a playoff spot i mean it's like because they're so good at developing pitching i think that prevents them from doing the full tear down like we've seen teams like the Cubs and the Astros, the Tigers and the Orioles have done this decade. So they still think they're going to be in that, you know, they can win 90 games maybe if a lot of things break their way and they can be in contention. So because of that, like you're not going to see Jose Ramirez in the market this winter. Um, he's got two, he's got three years left on his deal. He's got 2021 20, and then he's got club options for 22 and 23 and they're really reasonable. So I, I, maybe if if you blew them away a year from now or two years from now, they'd trade him. But, you know, at some point you you have to stick with some of the talent you have and actually try to, to win this thing. So I, I don't know. I think a lot is going to have to unfold before we get a better sense of, of what they want to do with him in the future. But he still has three years left, so I don't think they're ready to, to start entertaining anything,
0: we're talking with Zach Mizell, Indians beat writer for the Athletic, Cleveland. He's joining us here on 101 ESPN. Zach, let's let's localize this here for the Cardinals fan base that's listening right now because you mentioned you think that if the Indians were to trade Francisco Lindor, you, you would imagine—and we don't know on the outside—but you would imagine one young position player and a decent prospect or two. I think the problem for the Cardinals in trying to line up for a deal, uh, a line up a deal for Francisco Lindor, and I, I don't think they would li- have this money on their books either. But in terms of the the cost of it, I don't know that the Cardinals line up well with what the Indians are looking for. They don't really have young position players. That's why they would want to acquire Francisco Lindor. Their value would be coming from their young pitching. Is that something you think the Indians would be interested in? Because like you said, they seem to be doing a pretty good job of developing those guys.
1: Yeah, I think they would fixate on teams that have the position players side. They've got, what's crazy is, I mean, they might dangle Carlos Carrasco this winter just because they have, I mean, they have Shane Bieber. Obviously, we all know what he accomplished this year. And then they've got Zach Plesak and Aaron Savali and uh, Cal Quantrill and Tristan McKenzie. I mean, I just named five guys who are all under the age of 26 and none of them are even in arbitration yet. And they are all major league ready, capable starting pitchers. And they have more guys behind that. So it's never stopped them before. If that's like a secondary piece, something like that. Um, But they need position players more than anything, even in in their farm system. They've got a bunch of position players who are 19, 20 years old and, and not having a minor league system this year or not having a minor league season this year really hurt them because those guys weren't able to develop and that might have changed what they're looking for if we had a normal season but because we didn't they don't have like a shortstop. who's ready to replace Lindor in 2021 they don't have a second baseman they had the worst outfield the second worst outfield offensive production in major league history in 2020 and there's no there's no you know knight and shining armor ready to uh, to rescue that group so they need everything they can get. I know I'm talking to Mark Saxon, our, our Cardinals guy, who you guys know well, I'm mm-hmm. sure, um, you know, we we're trying to kick around names. It just, it never really seemed like the ideal fit. I think there are other teams that match up better, but I also think this is going to be really tough for the Indians. Just, I, I don't think they're going to get what they dreamed of, you know, a year ago when they first even considered putting Francisco Lindor on the market. So Um, the Indians might end up having to settle and maybe that's where a team like the Cardinals come in and and just make the Indians the best offer that they can get.
2: So Zach, uh, do you see a scenario where Cleveland doesn't find the right suitor before spring training starts and holds on to Lindor until trade deadline time or possibly just holds on until free agency or do you see them just doing whatever they can to get rid of him before spring training
1: starts? I, I think it's I'm believing that scenario a little bit more than I was maybe, I don't know, three or four months ago. Um, I still think they're going to do everything they can to trade him because it just doesn't make sense. You know, you could say this about the last couple of years where because of their ownership and they don't spend money and they've, their their payroll is projected to be one third of what it was in 2018. Mm. And because of that, I mean, it's like they haven't surrounded Lindo. If you're going to have this franchise cornerstone, you got to surround him with talent. Like they, the Indians have been a, a legit contender for five years now. And in 2016, they made the world series 2017. They added Edwin Encarnacion and they were this juggernaut that won 22 games in a row. And they just folded in the playoffs. And then that started this trend of cutting back salary, not addressing these glaring needs. And because of that, it's like, well, you, you haven't gone out of your way to surround Lindor with, with talent the last couple of years. So it wouldn't really make make sense if they held on to him in 2021, because you're not going to you know, shoot that payroll up and, and surround him with talent. So it's not like you'd be going all in for one more try. And because of that, I think they'll do everything they can to try to find the right trade partner and at least get something instead of just letting him walk in free agency.
0: Last question for you. We're talking with Zach Meisel. You can find his work over on The Athletic Cleveland. He's joining us here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Zach, I hate asking uh, kind of two-part questions, but it's all the time that we've got here today. First of all, uh, somebody on the text line brings up an interesting point. Paul DeYoung is a, is a young position player. He's not pre-arbitration, though. He's got – five years and $46 million left on his contract. If you include the two club options at the back end, he's 27 years old. First of all, do you think that he would be a player of interest for the Indians in a deal like this? And second of all, do you think that Francisco Lindor, if he was traded to a market like St. Louis would actually resign in St. Louis, or do you think he's looking towards one of the coasts? Cause I know that's something that's hurt the Cardinals in the past with some of these kinds of moves.
1: So I, I think DeYoung is interesting. I think the problem is the Indians have like 30, 20-year-old shortstops in the system, <laughs> and and they're waiting to just learn more about them to see who's legit and who's not. And I think that the issue with someone like DeYoung is you wouldn't want to block those guys a couple of years from now. Um, and I'm not saying that means that it would be a no-no for the Indians, but I, I, I do think that that just wouldn't be high on their priority list. Um, look, Lindor has said all the right things. He has said that he wants to stay in Cleveland forever. He'd love to resign here. um, But he's also said he he has a price in mind that he wants. So if we take him at his word, I think that would mean that wherever he ends up, if a team offered him something he couldn't refuse, he would say yes. Um, But, you know, that's, that's talk. And he's really polished and really smart and knows how to play the PR game. And so... Who knows? I mean, he's got Cleveland on his side. When he gets traded, no one's going to be mad at Francisco Lindor because uh, he said all the right things. Everyone's going to be mad at ownership and he's... the team for trading him. So uh, it, it's tough to say. I, I would think yes, but you never really know. And, and it might be one of those situations where he has to go to the city, see if he's comfortable there and, and if he enjoys it, and then maybe that would make the decision for him.
0: You think that number's around 10 years, $300 million?
1: So I, I thought that that was the case. Pre-COVID, I'm curious to see what changes now. He also didn't have a really great 2020. I don't know if that factors into the equation. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, you have a new collective bargaining agreement, you hope we do, in a year when it expires. And the shortstop market next year, Carlos Correa could be a free agent. Javi Baez could be a free agent. Trevor Story can be a free agent. Corey Seeger can be a free agent. Those are five legitimate shortstops. And so it'll be interesting to see what that means for that market um, and how Lindor kind of falls into that category. He's Zach Mizell. Find his work over on The
0: Athletic Cleveland, where he writes about the Cleveland Indians. You can also find him on Twitter at Zach Mizel M-E-I-S-E-L. Zach, we always appreciate the time, man. Best All the best to you and your family. Have a happy holidays.
1: Same to you guys. Appreciate it.